So do you know what the number one selling light beer in America is? But now or? Yes. Yes. Miller Light? Modelo. Right now, I don't like that the Modelo is in this gold chocolate candy wrap. That's a little weird. All right. Wish me luck here, bud. I'm going to go into this number one selling beer in America, Modelo Especial. Good luck. Here we go. Can't wait to, to see it. He's trying to Modelo live. First right here. That's a big, that's a healthy sip there. Oh, God damn. That's just terrible. The face says that you enjoy it. Hello, and thank you very much for downloading this most recent episode of Movie Guys Podcast. You can download many more episodes at movieguyspodcast.podbean.com. The Pope's Exorcist, are we actually ever going to get a real, true sequel to The Exorcist? Because that's what I was kind of hoping for. Did they ever talk about Pope's Exorcist? Eric, how the hell are you doing? Wait, didn't we... Wasn't there already a sequel to the exorcist wasn't there already there a are, few like reboots yeah there was there was few right but now we're in that realm where there is an exorcist movie coming out that's saying that all those other movies never happened sure so that's what i'm waiting for is because those if you haven't seen those other movies exorcist 2 the heretic exorcist 3 exorcist for the beginning oh they're all garbage Ooh, so exorcist 4 i tell you that one I, I go back to that one saying that, you know, if there ever was a movie that started off hot but then ended with a dud, um, that mm-hmm. might have been that one. So, yeah, so, like, um, this was something that was on my radar, meaning that this was never on our schedule. I've never put this on the schedule at all. Sometimes we like to take things on and off, move things around. Uh, it was never on the schedule. It was on my radar. Uh, but now it's available on Netflix. It's in the top 10 stream movies of the week on Netflix and it's Russell Crowe and I have a love hate with Russell Crowe. So I'm kind of curious where this was, where it was going to be. It takes a turn quickly. I never expected where this movie was going to go. I was expecting an exorcist ripoff, especially how Russell Crowe was introduced in the beginning. So what were you expecting at this? I mean, were you at all? I, there is a benefit. Let me tell you. uh, And I feel like I've been really writing it a, on the better side of it lately, of going into a movie cold, of not mm-hmm. knowing anything about it and just going into it. So I didn't know really anything about this movie, so I went in cold. But I hear exorcism. I'm thinking exorcism movie. And it kind of plays, go on this journey, if you will, with me. It, it plays in certain genres, especially when it comes to like supernatural horror. There, there are rules to abide by. Often, you can take a rule and kind of turn it maybe a little bit or play a little bit towards, you know, lean, I guess, onto a rule. Case in point, this one with the pig possession and then shooting it right after. But I think it, I attributed or I matched up to like zombie movies where there are, it's its own supernatural horror kind of subgenre in itself, right? But there are rules that you have to obey in the movie, at least when it comes mm-hmm. to, to exorcism or when mm-hmm. it comes to like the zombie movies or even like the old school monster movies like Dracula, Frankenstein, kind of werewolf type of thing. There are certain limits that are in place. It seems like a rules of the game. So that being said, like um, in a zombie movie, 
you go, okay, what kind of zombies are they? Are they the fast zombies? Are they the slow mo zombies? Are they the individuals? Are they the mobs? There's a lot to, to go on. Are they undead or is it a disease? A lot to go off on that. With exorcism, uh, because we've had so many, I feel like the same questions can be asked. What kind of demon is it going to be? Is it a possession uh, of, you know, like a vulnerable spirit of a kid or like the battered uh, woman type of thing? Is it of a graveyard? Did they awaken something in a house? Is it a haunted house? There's a lot of, you know, things that you need to build up before we get there because we've seen a lot of exorcism movies. Yes, unfortunately. Um, yeah, we've seen a lot. And I have not seen a lot, meaning that a lot have come out. But I try to stay away from exorcism movies. What brought me to this movie was Russell Crowe. Um, like I said, I have seen the trailers months in advance. Um, I was interested, but on my own time interested. Uh, Russell Crowe really won me over in Gladiator. That's and that about, yeah, most people, yeah, right? Right. And then, and not very popular, but I did enjoy his performance in A Beautiful Mind. So, sure, sure. I, I'm kind of, so, and ever since then, I've kind of haven't seen anything that he's done. I mean, my boy Aronofsky did Noah, and I didn't like Russell Crowe with Noah. So, I'm kind of curious what is Russell Crowe going to do? Uh, that's what I was drawn into was this movie. And I agree with you what you were saying about exorcism movies because you got exorcism movies, you got possession movies. Sometimes they're one and the same, sometimes they're separate. So what are we getting into? What is this world? Um, but like I said before, I was going into this ex completely thinking exorcist ripoff with Russell Crowe. Sure. Um, not knowing that we're going to take place in this, I guess now because we're old, it takes place in 1987. Yep. <laughs> that was one. <laughs> um, so, okay, right off the bat, we get this uh, straight exorcist theft scene, right? Russell Crowe shows up to this farmhouse, mm -hmm. uh, and he's riding this little scooter, and the camera has to stop on the street light when he's walking through straight, you know, theft. Goes into this family talks to them. He's a priest. He said that he's going to, you know, save the day. And he speaks Spanish and stuff. That's great. Um, and, and this opening part is Italian. They're an Italian vision. Oh, they're, oh, they're Italian. I'm sorry. They're Italian. So he speaks multiple languages. I like this scene. I like this scene a lot where the brother or like an older teenager or baby, I don't know, but like an older guy was possessed. Tell me if I heard this movie right, though. Like 98% of his exorcisms are not actually real. They're all dealing with mental health. Yeah, and we've seen that similarly to The Conjuring with the the Warrens, I believe, right? Or is that is that where, where they had said that most times that they are called to a house to investigate the haunting or possessed spirit, it's usually just something that you can attribute to, you know, wear and tear or pipes. It's usually something that's made up. Not often do they encounter something that they would consider real. So okay, so yeah, so so then, do you believe this guy? I know this guy was contorting a little bit and actually looking crazy, but he looks completely different. If it's the same demon, he looks completely different than the boy does later in the movie. So is this guy mentally ill? Well, possibly. When you go to um, what's another good movie? Oh, um, The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Remember that one? 
I haven't seen that since theaters. Wow, that's yeah. a long time ago. So again, there's a lot of exorcism movies, but there's there was um, a part, or even going back into like a lot of the Conjuring or like the Warrens and and kind of uh, their their beginning work and stuff like that. It's it's horrible to think about, but a lot of those times, people were medically sick. It was they were having uh you know what's it uh, epileptic seizures you know and they were just kind of contorting and unable to breathe and they weren't speaking in tongues they were just trying to talk and making noises i'm i'm sure instead and you know the have these people uh, their parents or caregivers or you know loved ones who i don't want to say that they're they're incompetent they just don't know any better and their exposure is more to religion than it is to science and so they don't have access to a hospital. They have access to a church. And so they get that and they think that prayer is going to work while this person keeps on, I don't know, getting worse and worse. It, it's, uh, it, I can think of that as a real thing, you know, where the, and I'm pretty sure it, there was a, there's a case of it that was inspired by, a, or that was later inspired into a movie where there was a girl who, um, you know, was thought to be possessed. The parents went to get an exorcism. It turns out that the girl was actually just medically, like she had issues with it. The parents ignored her and she basically died starving and just convulsing in the basement. And they later were charged for it because it's just like, yeah, she's, she's not possessed. You, you killed her because she needed medical attention and you just thought that she was crazy instead. It's right. kind of uh, like that movie that we reviewed two years ago. The devil made me do it. The conjuring. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we reviewed that like two years ago. I agree with you, but so for this movie, though, what I really like is I like Russell Crowe's cockiness. I like how he's just like, oh, you know my name, what's my name? And the demon's not saying his name, right? And then he's like, what's your name? The demon won't say. And then what I really liked was Russell Crowe egging the guy on, right? He was like, oh, well, if you're so mighty and powerful, why don't you possess this pick? You know, and the guy's, con, you know, contorting and screaming and doing his thing. And Al Russell Crowe's is egging him on, screaming at him. Have you done it already? Have you done it? I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. But after the pig was, quote, unquote, possessed, and they shotgun blasted the pig's head. And then a few scenes later in the movie when they talk about 98% of his cases, is this, is the movie, the movie saying in your opinion, that this opening was mental and not a possession. Do you think this was a possession? What do you think the movie's telling us? The movie's telling us that this is a mental condition. We later find this out. Uh, I mean, at first viewing, you think that this is probably just a, a regular exorcism that he's doing, but he's doing it like in record time. But you later find out that, and not even after he has his... Uh, uh, you know, he debriefs with uh, with his, his chamber or council or whatever he has. But um, that it, you later find out that it's fake just because of the methods that he uses, right? He's right. using that uh, that kind of that circle symbol right. uh, artifact thing that he first used on the person in this, uh, the, that, that guy in the Italian village who caught his attention to it, which I think was pretty weird because if this guy's faking it, then why would he be so centered on onto this thing, you know? That's moving this thing that he's moving back and forth. We, but again, we later find out when um, the the kid Danny, what's his name, mm -hmm. is or Henry, excuse me, is possessed. Henry. 
I don't know why I thought Dan. But uh, shining. He's probably shining. <laughs> but why, when Henry was possessed, and he does the same, uh, I guess, method of taking out that charm and, and kind of going back and forth the eyes, then we see what the purpose of that is. is right, to see if the... Yeah. yeah, the demon comes out at the end, and uh, that was a pretty good scene. So that's okay. Okay, so you agree with me then? So this is so that little circle thing that he has in front. That is to tell us that this opening with the pig scene is mental. This guy is not possessed. Okay, because I, I thought that too. I think in the beginning we aren't, at least for me, I wasn't more so saying that. Oh, this is an exorcism. I think it's more so to show that Father. Gabrielle is the guy. He yeah, he's, he's guy. no nonsense. He knows what he's doing. He's the guy you call. He's he's got it under control. Right. Where was this guy when Linda Blair needed him? Um, no kidding. So, I was getting a lot of actresses vibes off of this movie. By the way, it was it was trying to do it, but then it went a different direction. I'll tell you when I turned on the movie. Not saying I turned negative or bad, just when I turned. I, I have a uh, guess. Yeah. Yeah. But now we get introduced to a family. Um, this it's, it's a mother, a son, and a teenage daughter. They're Americans. They're in Spain. The father died in a car accident. Right. Uh, and the son was in the car, and the son saw his dad's head get impaled by a metal pipe or something. Yeah, and he has not spoken since. Not spoken since, and it was a year ago. But I guess this dad has a family heirloom, whatever, this castle on this hilltop in Spain and the mother has spent all the money to hire construction people to fix this castle so they can sell it, turn a profit, and go back to the States. Yeah. A lot of questions with this. Um, number one, if that happened, right, the, the death of the father, why would the family leave everything in America and just go? Why can't they just go for a, a couple-week trip? Why pack up everything? The movie's telling me that the whole family has moved here to help complete construction. Why are they moving? Why can't they just visit? That irritated me a little bit. Yeah. Because they're trying to have a MacGuffin, and that's not a good MacGuffin. Yeah. Why does it always seem like the horror movie trope, right? The, the, the very played-out scenario where, um, you know— Jane Nobody or John Nobody, who's broken down on their luck, suddenly gets a call and says, hey, your Uncle Joe, Aunt Betty died, and they left you this, you know, multi-million dollar, uh, you know, 20,000 square foot uh, sprawling mansion on, on 10 acres. And, yeah, it's kind of weird that nobody told you until right now. Mm -hmm. when you read the will and, oh, you didn't even know that you had an uncle or an aunt? Like, oh, well. Here you go. Here you go. It's, it's, you, but you see my gripe, and I know that my gripe is really all over the scheme of things. It's kind of silly, Eric. But, like, if this would happen to you, you wouldn't pack up your whole family and move to Spain. You would probably take a trip to see how things are going. Uh, yeah. there's, And that irritated the hell out of me. Yeah, it's the 80s uh, in this part. Yeah, I would think that I, I understand – trauma happens but you would think that maybe leave the kids with i don't know a parent uh grandparent or something i mean uh, yeah. yeah just for like a little bit but like, hey watch them for a week i'm gonna need to fly to spain real quick just to make sure that everything's in order working mm -hmm. here yeah i don't want 
my kids to be around the construction all of, right you know or just living here while it's completely being redone yeah i want to talk about that too like i mean how much money did this dad have because she said she never worked the mother right so she said she spent all the money this is a castle people who haven't seen the movie listening to the show it's a castle whatever vision of a castle you have that's what it is and they're modernizing it 80s style or trying to yeah that is it's all got a whole courtyard and everything that's billions of dollars <laughs> I would think, yeah, priceless would be the the word they would right. use. I mean, there's no way. So uh, why yeah, this is happening for Spain, by the way, don't mean to interrupt, but like yeah. you're telling me that the that the the city or the state, you know, wouldn't come in and be like, oh no no, that's ours now. That's a that's a that's landmark a property. It, yeah, it's 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 a historic thing, right? Especially we find out later that Spanish conquistadors built the thing. Yeah, well, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, they no, we'll talk about historical it. landmark. Yeah, let, let's talk about it. Yeah, so it's just like, come, jeez, let's let's talk about it. Yes, yes, good, good mythical morning. Um, so it, it's it's annoying. So, uh, Prince, uh, uh, priest Gabriel gets scolded. I thought I thought that uh, his friend priest was Danny Glover for a second. Out of quick glance, I was like, is that Danny Glover? Yes. Um, I don't know why I thought that. I was like, he looks like Danny Glover. Bishop uh, Lumumba is that? That's the character's name. Sure. We get all these cardinals, some old, some not. And they're just like, you you can't do the things that the high dude that we all follow says that you can do. So we're mad at you. That pissed me off. Because I'm like, what? the Pope's the Pope. This is the Pope's exorcist. This is like this is like the CIA for the Pope, right? Like, So these cardinals are like, Mer. It seemed like it, it was just, one cardinal in general. The the young guy trying to flex a bit more, right? Trying to get some power, get some some gravitas. Yeah, but aren't they kind of going like backwards of what they believe in, right? Because like somebody said in the movie, I don't know, the one of the popes or somebody said like, you know, they oh, I mean, I'm sorry, the pope himself said yeah. to Gabriel that they don't believe in what we believe in. They don't believe in the old ways. They believe in the new. It's like, okay, so it's like but that doesn't make any sense. They're following you. Okay. All right. You know, okay, whatever. Um, so that, that segment, pissed, this chunk pissed me off. Mm -hmm. You know, this was, this was arms folded introduction to the family, very vanilla, uh, introduction to, you know, these, these Cardinals getting pissed off and the Pope's like, Hey, Hey, we have another case for you, Gabriel. It's in Spain. You go to Spain. Well, why is going to Spain? These two construction workers go into the greatest Buffalo Bill basement in Spain ever, and they sledgehammer a little section, and there's like this pentagram, and there's some symbol or something on it a was, wall. Yeah, originally Henry had gone down there because, you know, it's it's, hey, it's, it's his castle. Just go ahead and do whatever you want, Henry. So a little right. boy goes down in the basement, sees some sort of glow through the brick wall, and it kind of expands the hole a little bit. And then when the workers go down there, they see that hole with a glow coming out of it. Yeah, they inspect it a bit more. Uh, there's gas, sulfur. They're coming from that little area. They light up a flare. They get blown up. Blown the heck up, too. And, and the, and the film does... Never flipping mentions it ever again. 
They, we don't yes. hear about the people anymore. Everyone just leaves and say, no, that's good enough for me. Yeah, they're, they all just leave. I'm like, and one of the things, too, is the movie doesn't hold any punches, right? I mean, you actually, the next shot after the explosion is a camera down bird's eye view of one of the guys just completely charred. Yeah. <laughs> like being loaded into an ambulance. And like the main foreman's like, we're gone. This place is evil. Evil. You know, we're gone. See you later. You're doing this yourself. That would never have happened. I mean, these, I know it's not America. This is Spain, but these guys should be licensed, bonded, insured. Accidents happen, right? It's the 80s. I don't yes. know what that means. It's, it's the 80s. But this is when the possession starts. The little boy, Henry, goes down. He sees that symbol, and he immediately gets possessed by this demon, so now this demon, every time we see possession movies, I'm waiting, and maybe there is one. I haven't seen it. Maybe there is, but there's never Satan himself possession, right? There's always demons. So I'm going to murder the heck out of this name to go all the way to this movie. We find out that this demon is Artemis, Artemis? <laughs> Asmodeus. Asmodeus. Um, you're a very intelligent man. Do you know anything about this de- no i mean it's the king of hell is it the king of hell satan no he's the god he's this this guy asmus is just uh, cuz there are different chambers and layers of hell oh like seven layers of seven different sins if you will you know it's a big old inferno down there nice but, so this, yeah, I'm okay. sure as they explained it that uh, demons work in a hierarchy and there's they keep on going up. Uh, uh, Asmodeus is a actual character, it seems. He's An actual a, like is, in the Bible. I'm I'm looking up in his Wikipedia. Oh, did you already look at all this? Uh, that he is a prince of demons and in hell. In Jo Islamic lore, he is the king of both the demons, uh, the demons and the demons. So, so like, uh, like the jinns and the demons. So he's he's a general. You know, he's he's a he's a higher up there. So one of the things that the movie I believe says, and I don't know if this is a Bible thing or if this is made up for the movie, but they said that when Satan fell, two hundred of his followers, the fallen angels, fell with him. And they fell all around the world. And this location where this castle is built is where this demon fell. Yeah. Right? I didn't know that was a thing. I just thought I was always told that Satan fell. I didn't know that his 200 angels have fallen and that's become demons. I don't know if that's a thing in the Bible, but that's kind of a cool concept, I thought. Oh, yeah. Like I, sure. I like that. Lines it up for 199 more movies. Right. Which they're leading up to, right? So, Priest Gabriel goes to the house on his scooter. That's absolutely amazing. Uh, is the movie trying to say that he's an alcoholic? Because the creepy young priest sees him, and he's slinging back, I think, a whiskey. I don't know if the movie's trying to say that. But that young priest, whatever his name is, that guy's a creep in the beginning. And what I'm talking about is the scene where he he greets the, the family when they Father. come to the house or Escabel, is that his name? Father Escabel, whatever. He was creepy. Thomas. He was like, if Thomas. there's anything that you need, please don't hesitate to ask. Hmm. And it's like, that guy, that guy, is, that guy's creepy. Uh, well, here's a trope. Later find out uh, that it's confirmed that he's a, kind of... Well, is he a, a creep? 
We'll he, he has a bit of a libido, and that's that's one of his sins. One of the tropes that we have in possession movies is that there's always an old priest and a young priest. Yeah. That's a trope. So Father Gabriel comes in. You know, uh, they, have, they have taken Henry to the doctor. Doctors are saying that there's medically nothing wrong with him at all. Was there trauma? And this is where we find out, yes, father died, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he's looking pale. He's looking a little scarred up, looking like a traditional exorcist movie kid. Um, and this is when Gabriel comes in and they're just like, hey, lasted effort. Let's go check this out. And this is where we confirm that this is actually a demon, not a mental health case, where he puts that token, if you will, up. And then what is a cool effect, which it could be really crappy, but the CG was pretty good where his human pupil splits away to like a demon reptile pupil. Yeah. I was like, okay, okay, that's pretty cool, right? Um, so this is where I turn. You said that you guessed it. But I'm watching this on Netflix at home, and Gabriel is already there doing like a little bit of mini exorcisms, and I pause the movie, and I'm like 35 minutes in, and it's like an hour to go. I'm like, where is this movie going to go? I, I said the, the same thing. By the way, that thing that he's using is called the St. Benedict Medal. Oh. And it's a sacramental. Using it. Yep. Uh, I guess it's a real thing. I like the fact that you and I are on the same wavelength that we're not even in the same state watching the movie. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking, there's an hour to go. Where are they going to go when you agree with me, right? Like... Oh, yeah, like, I, I think it paused it maybe right around the same time just to kind of see where right. I was at. I'm like, am I an hour into this? Like, what's going on? Yeah. Like, is a movie that good? It's moved that fast? That, like, that's it's, exactly what I thought, too. Right. Okay, good. I've gone the same way. And this is where Father Gabriel finds out that this is, this is a demon not to be trifled with. And this is where I kind of turn on the negative. We get a huge chunk, like a huge hour of the movie from this point of just Russell Crowe and the young priest fighting their own demons metaphor intended and interesting in the beginning but it just drags and drags and drags Eric and then I get I get bored mm -hmm. so the demons that they're facing is that the young priest Thomas he's a man whore yeah he's he, he likes uh he likes a little bit of fornication. And then um, a sin that I don't know, I guess, is really, I think it's me personally, I don't consider a sin, is we find out that Russell Crowe's character as a young boy in World War II was ambushed by German shoulders. Sh wow. German soldiers. There you go. There we go. And everybody in his platoon was wiped out and he played dead. Like, yeah. really? Like. I don't really consider that a, a sin. Uh, no, but it's he wears it on his conscience that he was a coward. But you're right. Like They were in a bad situation. What more can you do there besides get yourself killed? So, right. I think I would have done that. I, I, a lot of people have done that, but he lives with it. He says that it's shameful that... Um, what is it? Is it better to to die with honor or to kind of live as a coward like that? And it's something that he is unable to forgive himself for. And I think that that right there is is maybe his own sin is is unable to to kind of let 
this thought go to let this thing eat him alive and it's like it's it's preventing him from from doing the work that he wants to do well it, it shame on me but every but when that scene happened in the movie i kept on thinking back of the key and peel skit where uh key d- pretends to be dead with the german shoulder <laughs> um so no i mean like okay so okay so where are you at this point like are you with me watching this movie where it's like, okay, okay, like sins of the priest, like this whole chunk of the sins forgiven, like of the sins and the priests forgiven themselves, this big 40-minute chunk drags, right? Well, I, or, yeah. or, or are you interested? No, no, I'm, I'm skeptical and rolling my eyes at this just because, uh, first off, during this, by the way, this, this leading up to this point as we're watching this, Sarah called out a line. In without even seeing the movie, so it's like that's how cliche that this is. I think she, she oh called a, a word for word. She's like the mom's gonna say this, like I oh, know you don't want to be here. I think that's what the line was. And then right as she said that, the daughter or the mom said to the daughter, "Oh, I know you don't want to be here." And it was a she's just good with that. She can call him out. But I'm rolling my eyes just because this guy comes here. This family is obviously in in despair. And they don't know what what is going on or what to do, but they for they always just leave out details. They always leave out like key and crucial details. I think that would be relevant to this, especially if it comes in. So like, hey, okay, well, I'm looking at your son. I think they might be possessed by a demon. It's like, oh, well, I don't know what happened. We just came up one day, and then that was it. So, like, oh, did did you guys like you know any explosions happen? Maybe. Any you know any other weird things happen? It's just like oh well you know what now do you think of it yeah, um, it all happened when he went downstairs and the thing blew up and then oh do you think that that should have something to? I it's just like I, yeah, I'm slapping my head. It's like what this bitch? Because it, it, <laughs> she's really, a bad mom. Yeah, well yeah she's just mouth is always open, always worried like oh where is everybody? It's just like lady leave leave. Are you serious? What? That's the other thing is that people, they always stay. It's just. Well, Russell Crowe said that. Sorry to interrupt you, but Russell Crowe said, if you leave, it will kill the boy. That's so it's right. like, there's, so there's your thing. stayed a, until that part. But it's like, I would have left way before that. I would have left right. after, after the explosion, to be honest with you. Like, that, yeah. that seems like, you know, oh, if they're leaving, well, shouldn't we all leave then? You're telling me that there's there's like natural gas down there that's a, that's like a hazard. Yeah, it's like we should probably go. I don't want to stay even if I'm not going to be lighting matches here. I don't want to be breathing that in just casually. So, but they get, right. they stay, and maybe that gas is making them dumb as hell, and that's why they're they're hey dumb as hell because they're right above it. That was good. Well, is there is a ventilation system in the house? Do they have a duct system? Like, is this gas going in? They we don't know. There's all these cathedral ceilings. Yeah, it, it's it's nonsense. Like this this middle chunk is bad. So, uh, it's yeah, been there done. Because I, I, again, I, so when that happened, I was I had made the the guess and was like, okay, so I want to know how long it's going to take for him, Russell Crowe, to get into the basement. Because as a matter of time, if they didn't mention it then, that I only. It was only a matter of time, and it was about maybe, I think, 40 or a half hour after that point. So an hour. Before, yeah. Total. Before he got into the basement and found all that stuff. Right, which we're going to talk about soon. One of the funny things in the movie that got a laugh out of me that I paused and rewound, it's just my sick, 
sick humor, but it's like the mom goes checks on the boy and he has to like, you know, the possessed boy has to grab her breast and be like, yeah, you sure breastfed me. It's like, what? Are you serious? Like I was slapping oh, my yeah. knee because it was so bad. This like, is where I got the exorcist vibes was right. Henry going foul mouth and saying a bunch of stuff. Right. Kudos to the kid, by the way. You know, I mean, that kid, he's probably what, 10, 11 years old, maybe 12. Yeah. Um, I thought, they, hey, I think the kid had fun, honestly. Be, behind the scenes, I think the kid had a blast. I mean, he did it. Either though it's not his voice, yes, he probably said those lines, and then they dubbed it, blah, 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 blah. But still, I think the kid had fun, and I like the makeup job on the kid. Oh, yeah. I, it, it looks good. For what it's worth, I don't think – I feel like I've been saying this a lot with movies lately. I don't think the acting was the problem in this one. I, I think it was no. a lot of the director and his, and the director's choices, really. Uh, it, just because, again, everything just seems so... I don't know, everything that we've seen before. The movie opened with, after the title card came, mm -hmm. there were drone shots. Again, that happens in every movie now. It's just a, a good two minutes of drone shots of a car going through the woods or going up to the house and then the family saying, you know, this and that. It, it, I feel like it's just kind of going through um, the beats. There are parts in this movie that um, Henry was already possessed and the family's already very scared about this at this point, where the daughter, who for no reason Amy is her name, um, was getting harassed by the, the ghost knocks. And yeah. there's a part where she just like walks into Henry's room again. It's just like, stop going in there. Like, why are you going in there? We have to check up on him and make sure he's not possessed anymore. It, it just seemed like, um, it, it just dumb. Stupid, stupid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like the mom's in the beginning too, because because the daughter's wearing crop tops and short shorts, you know. And she's like, you can't dress like that, honey. This isn't America. I was like, yeah. What are you trying to say about Spanish people? Like, what do you mean? Like, okay. The Latin lovers. But it, it, it felt like, uh, what's uh, I've mentioned this before too, when with uh, uh, Hitchcock and Tippi Hedren, when she would ask him, like, well, why would my character go up the stairs when she knows the birds are up there? Hmm. And it's like, um, because I told you to. It's like, oh, well, that makes sense. Uh, the director just. Because, you know, otherwise it would make for a very boring movie. So it's like, well, that's why Amy did it, because it's something for her to do. It's so we can see a shot of a, of a curly-haired girl in short shorts and a skimpy tank top um, do some screen moments there. Your classic kind right. of horror. But, you know, it just, you, that's, you couldn't have any other way to bring her in besides um, a five-minute scene of her just basically scaring herself like she walks into the room she gets thrown around she runs back out she closes the door she answers a phone from her father she screams throws the phone out, out of the wall and then runs to her mom it's just like what i, I don't know what more i can tell yeah no yeah you know? yeah i was not yeah i agree um so where i turn again to a positive note is when they go down in the basement and they break into this door and skipping a few little scenes here, but we find out that this castle was built by Spanish conquistadors. No, not not conquistadors. These are not conquistadors. They they were just built by. No, the no, they're part of the right? Spanish. I'm oh, sorry. Yes, this the Spanish was. Yes, yes. Okay, I'm, I apologize. 
But what I liked about the movie at this point, where I turn and go, oh, there, there's more to this, is that this happened before, and there's this skeleton in this cage that Russell Crowe was like, you think this was for torture, but he was saving blah, blah, blah himself because I guess this dude who was an exorcist got possessed and that the demon got him to go back to the Vatican and cause all these chain reactions. That's why all this bad stuff has happened. And just in, in history. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, founder of the Spanish inquisition uh, was an exorcist who was possessed and infiltrated the, the church and had them do the, you know, however many, however long the Spanish Inquisition was for um, a long time and did all their their horrible acts through there. And then, yeah, they come to find out, you're right, the exorcist uh, or whoever was exorcising did the sacrifice, right? Saying that um, right. there's no way to defeat this demon. So, you know, um, I, if you're not going down, I'll take you down with me kind of mentality. You know, I don't have to win. You just have to lose, to quote Ant-Man. Nice. And he gets possessed, possessed and locks himself in the basement and closes himself off. Um, Yeah, bricks himself up a la Red Masquerade. I like this part. I, I, I do, because it's like, again, going back earlier in the show, we're sitting here, it's 35 minutes, and the exorcism's already beginning. It's like, where's this movie going to go? And it's trying to dive deeper into the Vatican stuff. Like, oh, this is why all bad stuff has happened because of this team. That's it's it's fine. Like, okay, it's it's giving me something more to it uh, than just laziness. What um, what I don't like is I'm confused. So the dude that's hanging in the cage was he the possessed guy? Because they go further into the caverns, and then they see this little pond, and then there's another skeleton dude sitting on a throne. So who's that dude? Uh, wasn't was that another? Was that one of them? Was the exorcist? The other one, the other one was possessed, right? So car, I, I don't the, know. That's why I'm asking. Yeah, I I thought. Oh, I got the impression that the guy in the cage was the one possessed. He was the okay. cardinal possessed, or he was the cardinal possessed, or no, he was. No oh boy, hold on. Let me let me read up. See what I'm saying? Like, I mean, like that's where this movie I, I kind of got interested in because I was like, what is going on? Because you have the dude that's in the cage that sacrificed himself, but then you have they go farther into like this chamber, and then there's a dude sitting on a throne. So I'm like, who's that dude? Russell Crowe explains who the dude is, but I couldn't follow along. I couldn't. I didn't understand what he was saying. Yeah, it was uh, definitely a lot going on there. I I had thought that uh, the guy in the throne was maybe an exorcist, and the other one was a was a cardinal, right? That kind of had, had maybe just was possessed, and I, I that's what, you I see what I'm trying to say. Yeah, like no, it's I, weird, I, right? I, I don't I don't get it. That's um, why I was interested. Well, because the uh, as Asmodeus is the one who's he wanted to collect exorcists exorcists souls right like that he was primarily going after exorcists mm-hmm. like that's his it's kind of his trophy so when he first possessed the boy he was asking for the priest he mm-hmm. wanted the the chief exorcist right 
And so he okay. was asking for um, Gabrielle by name eventually. Right. And I, Why? I'm thinking that, yeah, that I don't know if it was two different, two different exorcists that met their demise separately, or if it was at the same time and they both kind of, you know, were, were... it's just weird. It's weird. They explain the movie, but not good enough. Well, especially because there's, there's like the chamber of the exorcists, right. That they go into where the cages and like the library is, but right. then, then there's a locked, another lock kind of gate there that they unlock and there is what like the throne the, room, the throne yeah, the room, throne room which is on the first gate of hell or something like that. That's, that's right. right and, there. and there's some, there's some dude. Yeah. And yeah, there's a dude there. There's, you know, there's uh, pillars, like a summoning um, kind of area there. And a, like a little pit of water in in the middle there. So I, I, I thought that that's where the well came down. Yeah, that is where the well came down. But I'm trying to figure out, again, I mean, that is there. You're 100% right. That's where the well came down. That's why it was all blocked off. That's how Russell Crowe discovered this, essentially. And we're just going around in circles. We should move on. But I, I'm pissed at the movie because I don't think that it explained the dude in the throne room enough to get me to really understand what was going on. Uh, there is stuff there. I just don't think the movie did a good enough job. Um but why that's going on, we don't even talk about him that often. The Pope is suffering a heart attack because he is connected to Gabriel somehow. And that was cut cut all that out of the movie. All that stuff. Yeah. Well, I think he pieced it together, right? He was researching a bit more and saw a lot of redacted, uh, I guess, entries in whatever he Get was it out. reading. And Get it out. Got the little secret note from the sacrificed exorcist saying that, "Hey, listen, I, I gotta do the needful here. I gotta take take one for the team. This demon is no demon that I've ever dealt with. He's crazy powerful, and so I'm just gonna die with it." And that's yeah, no the, nonsense. Yeah, it is. Get rid of all that because Russell Crowe and the young priest explain us that stuff later. Yeah. I mean, just have the Pope be like, I have a job. Have have the Pope be M, if you will, to Bond, right? Like, have the Pope be in there for one scene, give him his mission, and bye-bye, Pope. You know, like, we don't need any of this stuff. Yeah. Um, why this is going on, too, we also find out that Gabriel has another sin or another weight on his shoulder where uh, one of his exorcisms is, was this possessed girl. Turns out she was mentally ill and she uh, commits suicide by jumping off a balcony, and that haunts him too. Right. Uh, I say get rid of that. Um, having because because the young priest sin was being was being a hound, right? Was was being addicted to sex and women. Well, that's yeah. his one sin. I think they focused on on one in particular. Not like it was multiple. I think they focused on it was the daughter of another uh, priest or pastor. Right, so so focus on one, either have the suicide be the main one or have him faking his death during the war be the one. Don't do both, because then you're just going to confuse. Because she eventually, because I guess a cardinal shows up or a robin shows up when he was younger during the war, after he faked his death. 
So then that whole Robin comes into play with the girl being Ozzy and biting its head off. I don't know why we're, we're doing this. This is getting confusing. Have one, not two. So I think that plays an important part because that Cardinal came and he accepted it as the calling card for God. To okay, say, we'll hey, have that. And the symbolism of that, because he, he sees that Cardinal being held by that woman who bites the head off. Right. So did that happen in reality or is that in his head? Uh, wasn't that in reality? I don't think so. Uh, the, what I remember is that he shows up to her, her place and he doesn't help her. So then he leaves and she's on the balcony saying, don't you wish she helped me now and jumps off. But she does bite the head of a cardinal off in the bed, right? That was reality. Okay. See, I, I, there were so many different scenes. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it, one was fake and one was not. And, and yeah, because it, it played the part because when Henry, when uh, Henry throws up a, a part of a cardinal. Yeah, and, he and does, that's yeah. and that's when, uh, I guess Gabrielle really was shook there and said, "Oh, okay, this is real." And got out of the room, which I liked that, by the way, too. He went in there all cocky, thinking it was going to be just another thing, or not knowing what it was, and then finds out it's it's a big deal, and he, he kind of, oh, geez, all right, I gotta I gotta regroup here. I gotta, you know, put on the cleats and and get ready to play some ball. Well, they do play ball. They uh, both priests confess each other's sins. They they each forgive each other's sins. Um, I haven't talked much about Russell Crowe. About I like his little quibs. I like his little giggle. Um, he's very flamboyant, and I'm really enjoying some of his his his, his scenes. I uh, just wanted to get that out. The devil hates so, jokes, which means I'm going to be in good defense. I think. I'm... I think so. I think we'll be good. The devil hates no our devil show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they don't like our show. Nothing but jokes. <laughs> um, so now this is this is this is the climax, right? This is where the the two priests come in and go to battle, right? And another interesting thing is that is that this demon can possess multiple bodies. So like the daughter gets possessed, the mom gets possessed, the daughter gets possessed and fights the mom. Eh, I wasn't at the edge of my seat during this. I'm like, mom's. I mean, nobody's gonna die. Nobody is going to die in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. No. I. I. Yeah. I, I can understand that. I didn't right. think. I didn't think that that was an issue either. Um. It felt kind of like there was a lot of stuff going on and nobody was really doing one thing to to stop yeah. anything. It was just kind of like, all right, well, let's hurry up and get to the next scene here. Right. So then, this is where they face off. The 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 kids' makeup is great, right? You know, we have the we have the Exorcist theft scene of them lifting the shirt and his chest is being written on with blood, you know, yeah, being yeah. cut, right? Uh, he's really skinny. His his cheeks are kind of deformed. Like it looks good. The makeup looks good on the kid. Um, it really did. Yeah, it, I mean, and and now they're going to battle, right? You know, like in the daughter gets best, she climbs the walls and does all the possession stuff. We've seen it a thousand times, but this is where. Imagine this for people that are listening. Imagine I'm sitting in my chair in an afternoon just watching this movie in the middle after perfect middle afternoon movie, right? I'm sitting here watching it and my arms are not folded. I'm just, you know, it's hands in my lap. And then all of a sudden when Gabriel gets flung up against the bookcase and 
I immediately pops in my head. I don't know why this happened to you, Eric, but I crossed my arms and I went, my exact words to myself out loud was, son of a bitch is going to get possessed. That's what's going to happen. You know, and sure enough, he's like, take me just like from the exorcist. Mm -hmm. And it possesses him. The demon possesses the priest, Russell Crowe, because now he wants Russell Crowe to go back to the Vatican and destroy things. This is where I call BS on. The demon is no different than any slasher or horror icon in movies we've had in the past or any villain from any movie. Sure. Why didn't the demon possess the priest day one? If that's its goal, why not just possess the priest? Right. So they kind of briefly mentioned a few things. And again, this is not an answer, but it's just more me in my, maybe I should have watched it with the subtitles on or volume up higher, get better an explanation, but I don't think it would have done any, any better. Um, that uh, possession, I guess this is the part of the rules too, possession can only come to, for certain people, right? You either have to invite the demon in or it preys off of the vulnerable. We saw in like The Conjuring that it was slowly toying with the mom, breaking her down psychologically to a point where it could then possess. This kid was, Henry, was probably already there. Right, He's, he was right. traumatic or traumatized from uh, the car crash. He's going to Spain. He's not doing well. Obviously, he's he's in a rough spot, and so maybe that made him a better target, easier target. Also, didn't Asmodeus say that uh, he likes to destroy the the flesh of the innocent, or right. it feels good to to do that? So maybe he was just kind of getting his rocks off for a little bit before going onto the main dish. I'm just saying it's it's BS, right? Because we've seen this a hundred times, right? Well, yeah, because uh, yeah, if he really was that powerful, you, well, why you couldn't think... he just? But yeah, I guess vampire rules, right? You need to be uh, let the right one in. There was another thing too, because I I was curious because um, with Amy, the taunting was always shaving a haircut. <laughs> yeah, it was always that knock, you know, the dun 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 dun, dun. and. I would wonder, you know, I kept saying to myself, don't do it. Don't knock twice because I feel like that is the invitation. Right. Right. That's the invitation. I'll let them in. But like, but the demon would possess her, would possess the mom. I guess they're vulnerable. I don't know. It's just that, you know, we find out that this is the demon's plan. The demon has done this before. So why wait? Why play with your food? Just dig in. I don't, I don't understand why he would do that. Uh, I think you and I would make terrible villains in movies because there'd be no movie. <laughs> Let me explain to you how I'm going to kill. Boom, done. And a movie, real credits. Seth Green and Austin Powers too. Yeah, just we got a gun. Just shoot him. <laughs> I got a gun. Or is it Austin Powers one? Either way, you one know of the I mean. one of the two. He's like, I'll just shoot him. How about new? I have a gun in my room right now. <laughs> <laughs> how about new and zip it, Scott? Yeah, um, it's perfect. Yes. So I just oh, had to know it. So it must have been the second one because the first one was shh. Right? Yeah, yeah, right. Um, I actually did the zip it thing to Riley's side note. But anyway. <laughs> oh, look at me. I'm zip it long stockings. 
I did some of it. Some of them I couldn't do to the seven-year-old. But yeah, I, I uh, understand where you're going completely. Like, there's been so many times. Well, we even talked about I was listening to, to Fax X. Uh, it's the same part where, you know, the villain has many opportunities to just, he's right in front of, of the goal. You know, all you gotta do is just kick kick the ball in. You're right there. Yeah, and... stop street racing with him and kill him. Yeah. It's, right. Yeah, that's, that's I know what you mean ex- exactly where it's just like, it's just, just like, just why do are it. you doing this? Do it. So, um, so yes, yeah, so I was painting that scene, right, going back. I was painting the scene of me with the arms in the lap. Oh, my God, he's going to get possessed. And now he's possessed, right? Mm-hmm. So now Gabriel's possessed. So what does he do? He's going to do what the other people did down in the basement. He's going to grab a rope. He's going to sacrifice himself. He's going to kill himself, right? And then where I completely sat up in the chair. I'm not exaggerating. Eric, you know me very well. I sat up in the chair when I'm watching the movie by myself, and I said, and I'm sorry – Everybody, but I said, bullshit. When the demon was Venom talking to Gabriel while he was doing things. Oh, yeah. Oh, that made me so mad. Like, Gabriel hangs himself in, like, Venom style. The demon's like, you ain't gonna do that, bud. And, like, kicks Kicks him off the rope. Yeah, and then, you know, Gabriel's walking. And he's like, hey, making up to let you do this, bud. I'm like, oh, my God. Why have the demon's voice? I get what you're trying to do. It's in his head. But why are you doing this? Bad choice. Bad choice. Yeah. And then his Gabriel, Father Gabriel's whole thing is just trying to kill himself while he has the demon, right? So he couldn't do that. And so his second thought would maybe to go down to the basement. I thought he was going to lock himself in there at first. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. But then I saw the lighter. It's like, oh, well, that makes sense. The whole thing is in kind of smells like sulfur, sulfur still. He's going to blow himself up. Right, which that didn't happen. So then he gets into a big fight with the demon, and then the young priest comes down, and the young priest has a fight with a naked, bloody woman because that's his... That's his, his ex. I don't know. His ex. It's, it's, I, it's I don't know. The, the tease or the, yeah, the, the vision, yeah. the hallucinations that's uh, yeah. happening. And this yeah. is a bloody fight. And then the only way that they defeat the demon is the young priest is like... Fight him, Gabriel. Fight him, and then Gabriel's like, yeah, and it's like, oh, oh, and God. then they say prayers. Yeah, why he's possessed, in and English. it's like, oh. yeah, I they, they completely forgot they were in Spain at that point. Well, even uh, before, so he had said that prayers in Latin have more power. So why are they doing? Yeah, why are they doing it in English? I don't know. Like, I mean, at this point, I'm sure the people that are listening can hear. I'm, I'm, I'm now getting fast X territory. of frustrated <laughs> because it's just like, okay, you had some good themes going, right? I mean, you had some good ideas, and you're just executing them poorly. And they defeat the demon, right? The demon's defeated. Everybody's back and safe, and everything's the fine. Goes, goes back to hell. Goes in that little pool, and yeah, no hand up no as they go you know like a quicksand whirlpool back down to to hell i'll get you next time is it is 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 it wrong for me to say that sometimes when we saw the demon open its mouth really wide they remind me of the vampire zombies of uh, i'm legend because that's exactly what it looked like absolutely you know it's just it's just this movie's a lot of thieving going on so i mean yeah the movie ends with 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 russell crowe and the young priest are now like king exorcist and they go back to the vatican to see m to go to their next mission i mean that's how it ends essentially and um i'm left with like huh 
I kind of liked it. I kind of didn't like it. Well, let's see what Eric has to say. So, Eric, what is your Paco rating for the Pope Exorcist? You know, I, I'm with you on that where as much as I didn't like it, where I'm I'm complaining about, you know, this and that, there were a lot of parts that I did like about that. I, I, I liked that for once. It's not like some demon that was stuck in a charm or something like that, mm. that this was a sight of a fallen angel, right? And that this was not only that, but like a part where like where the Inquisition started here too. There's some real history on the site that they're on. I liked that. It's not some sort of graveyard, I guess, you know, not in the common sense. It, you know, it's a, it's a catacomb, I guess. It's a bit more and where they said that it could be a possible gateway to hell. Okay, I'm all, I'm all for that because movies like that I think are a bit more interesting. Like The Gate, remember that one with the young Stephen yeah. Stephen Dorff there, uh, where yeah. it's a hole to hell. Like I think that is a lot more threatening than just having some icon that has a, a spirit in it and you broke it and now the spirit's out. You know, like some bad Beetleborg movie or something like that. But it's uh, um, it's it's tough because. Yeah, like I wish they would have cleaned up some parts that were very cliche, but I enjoyed a lot of the other parts in this. I liked Russell Crowe. I didn't like the young priest so much, Tomas. I didn't like that they like. flipped between calling him Thomas and Tomas, so pick one. I, I didn't like that they would call Gabriel, Gabriella, or, you know, Father Amor. It just, like, everyone had three different names in this movie. Uh, not to say that it it's hard to keep track of, but there's so many different accents that come into play, and they would be like, "All right, in English." It's like, "All right, well, like that's fine." I don't know. It was a generic exorcism movie, man. That's really what it was. It was a bit fun, though, compared to the other ones. Um, I don't know. I guess, I guess a small. Um, I. Read me the, the 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 chart again, again, Drew. Because like, if if this movie were to come out with a sequel, I probably would watch it. You want me to read you the chart? I will read you the chart for all of our fans too, because we have a chart, everybody. If you don't know this, if you want to know the chart, go to movieguyspodcast at podme dot com, and on the top left, if you click on our rating system, it reads the chart. A large popcorn is, we think that a large popcorn is given to a great film with little to no issues and a great time to watch. We think you should really check this movie out. It's a large bag. A medium bag of popcorn is an okay film with issues. However, the film is considered good enough, so check it out. A small popcorn is a film that is really not good and it has a lot of issues. We don't think you should see it at all, but go ahead if you must. No popcorn is, yep, don't see this film. Not a film that has anything good about it whatsoever. We suffered, so you don't have to. Please skip the movie. And then the last one is a bag of kernels. This is the worst of the worst. Only a select few have ever gotten a bag of kernels. If a movie gets this rating, then it's to be avoided at all cost. As it stands of right now, Jordan is the only one to give out a bag of kernels. Eric is still, to this day, has never given out a bag of kernels. We'll there's there a rating. We'll get there one day, I'm sure. There's our there's our rating system. I'll stick with the small. It's it's fun, you know, a movie. It's it's maybe a little date night movie, but you're not missing anything if you skip over this one. 
you, you know, the only thing that, you, you know, you, you miss over this, you might be doing something else better on a Friday night. But just like you said, Jordan, this might be like a Tuesday afternoon kind of movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I actually am totally on the same wavelength with you. I think this is a small – I was thinking after I watched it, I was, I was thinking about it after a while. I was like, oh, is this a medium? It's nothing any higher than a medium. It's not lower than a small. Like, it's not a no back. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I think a small bag for me, too. And I don't want to repeat what I already said. Everybody already heard my gripes. I mean, I think the kid's great, but Russell Crowe was great. Those are the good things. I think the story is very blah. The story's very been there, done that. The director's choices were like, okay, everybody, before we make this movie, I want to watch every Exorcist movie ever so I can steal from those movies. Uh, it doesn't feel like anything original. Um, it, it feels like I have seen this before. Um, I think if this movie did not have Russell Crowe in it and some unknown, uh, unnamed actor, I think the movie would falter. I think Russell Crowe is this movie. Yeah. Um, I think that the special effects are great uh, for what they are. I like the idea of it. Is it possession or is it mental uh, mental health? Uh, not a lot of possession or exorcist movies dive deep into that, so I kind of dug that. I kind of dug how we got the Vatican involved and how this demon likes to possess uh, exorcists so he can infiltrate and control the Vatican. I think that's a cool idea. I wish this movie was that. Um, But yeah, I mean, I wasn't bored. I just was like, yeah, I I saw this on a Tuesday afternoon. I was just like, yeah, you know, been there, done that. So yeah, small bag for me as well. So real quick, uh, how do you feel about this man being a real person? Russell Crowe's character, Gabrielle uh, Amorth, Amor, whatever it was, is a real person or was a real person. Died in two thousand sixteen. Oh my god! Oh my god! He was the Pope's exorcist for thirty years. He wrote a lot of books, as the end of the movie suggested, and he has performed over fifty thousand exorcisms. So that makes it teeter to a no bag at that point because this movie's fantastical like remember like i brought up in the review how two years ago we reviewed conjuring three the devil made me do it yeah and how this guy allegedly murdered somebody but he may not have and we like that concept until we see him literally fly and be possessed and we're like okay that flows that just throws every credibility out the window right yeah so are they saying that this is an account in one of his books? Like, I mean, like, I mean, does this dude say that this actually happened? Or is this is a made-up story? No, this is definitely a made-up story. But I don't know if this is in any one of his books or pamphlets or writings or articles about this man whatsoever. Uh, his, his wiki kind of says that uh, he's performed over 50,000 exorcism, which ranged from minutes to several hours. But he also said the number increased from 70 to 70,000 by May 2013 he'd said he performed 160,000 exorcisms in the course of his ministry um, according to him each, ex- each exorcism does not represent a victim of possession but rather each exorcism is counted as a prayer or ritual alone <sighs> some possessed victims however require hundreds of exorcisms so I guess me going into a room and saying a few prayers is considered an exorcism. In in reality, I'm assuming that's what this is saying, right? In reality, so this is re- this is uh, a real. I'm not taking. Yeah, I'm 
pulling off of the so, actual guy's wiki page. So the is the Exorcist based off of this guy's stuff? Do we know that? I'm not too sure. Let me see books, books in film. There's a documentary about him. Uh, views on yoga. That's a weird one. <laughs> what? His views on yoga? Uh, at a film festival in Umbria, uh, he is quoted as saying that yoga is satanic because it leads to the practice of Hinduism. Oh, well, all right. Wow. I thought he was going to say because all those ladies are wearing those those tight pants. Oh, <laughs> practicing yoga is satanic. It leads to evil, just like reading Harry Potter. Oh, he's one of those guys? Oh, man, this guy. <laughs> oh, this guy. This guy's that guy. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's that guy. So, he's that guy. Oh, screw this guy. I, I could just see him telling you know the story of, of this movie and be like, yeah, actually really happened. And then I tried to hang myself, and then the spirit said, ha-ha, no, you can't. And then he kicked me off and threw me on the stairs. And that's yeah. when I got really angry. Man, I mean, like, you were really pushing me to a no-bag on this because screw this guy. This <laughs> oh, kid, yeah. No, 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 we're in the movie, not the guy. I know, but, like, screw this guy in real life. I mean, like, this is that guy that says Harry Potter. Well, you Potter. can't because he took him all of uh, abstinence. Oh, my God, good one. May, can I just say, and I don't want to alienate anybody, and I, and I am going to censor myself, but it's like Harry Potter is just a made-up story. I, I mean, can we – why? Why the attack on Harry Potter? It's made up. I'm just asking, though. I mean, like, I've been waiting for my owls this entire time, man. Like, I just don't understand why. Because because it's because it's witches and, and wizards. That's why. Because it's a sin. Or, it's supernatural. Because... Yes, and it's but it's, it's, it's okay. But Star Wars is okay. That's in a different galaxy a long time ago. Okay, we're gonna get a whole other podcast. <laughs> wow. Okay. 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 But so you you're don't... right because you know the Force does have a religion and uh, a following now. That's okay. Star Trek's okay, but Harry Potter's not. So, uh, so we close out the show on this though. So, so Russell Crowe's character is a real guy in real life that died. Um, ninety-one, uh, age ninety-one in two thousand sixteen. Yes. And nothing that you've seen in your skim readings um, has he said that this has actually happened. This is probably fantastical. Um. Yeah, it just says he has a lot of books, teaching of demonology, and probably more of that yoga stuff. Gotcha. I, I guess this wiki doesn't really show anything. Yeah, it just shows that he wrote a bunch of books. I, I wonder if maybe in there he makes a mention to something like this before. Uh, he explained he would never perform exorcism based solely on someone's claim of possession. He always directs people to psychiatrists and doctors first. So that's a true thing. Uh, and that when he sees someone is not possessed, but the person still insists, he replies, you have no devil. If you have a problem, talk to a good vet. All right. All right. So Russell Crowe is definitely playing a fantastical character, right? Because this guy's not that cool in real life. No, this guy definitely just seems like kind of your wacko uh, priests who are going around and be like, I'm doing exorcisms. It's like, yeah, you said three Hail Marys 
father and you know and my aunt is still talking crazy here thanks you very much uh you know thank thank you i'll see you in church well we'll see you in church and also when you download another episode of movie guys podcast yeah that's a good one so <laughs> when you toot your horn buddy I have to. Who else is going to, big guy? But make sure to check us out at movieguyspodcast.podbean.com and download us on whatever platform you get your podcast from we are on. And Sarah, who does our podcast, has taken over our Instagram because this old guy doesn't understand the gram. And she is helping out. And uh, I think she's doing a great job. So thank you so much for downloading. And we'll be back next Thursday for another awesome episode. Have a good night. Bud Light Lime. Tastes like another cerveza, huh? Yeah, just it's not a cerveza. I hear you. When, yeah. when I was a beer drinker, yeah, it was very rare that I would do the light. Those were reserved for drinking games. Which I drink a light every time. So you're you're playing games every night then? Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, but I'm not playing beer pong. By the way, speaking of which, can I talk to you about beer pong? Um, there was a meme. I saw on Facebook the other day where it was this young lady in college, just a picture. And she was have, she's putting her two fingers into one of the solo cups where the pong ball is for beer pong. Yeah. And it said 2006 college. We didn't give a fuck. Oh man. There are how many times can you pinpoint drinking a, a dirty beer pong cup and just being like, well, I can already feel myself getting sick. I can feel right. it in my neck. The lymph nodes of just, oh. We go to strangers' houses, don't even know these people. Or come down Random to our, strangers. Yeah, right. exactly. Come down to our basement and drink our beer. And it's like, oh, oh, okay, I'll come down to your basement. And, oh, there's cobwebs, there's beer, there's vomit, there's bodily fluids on the ground. And the, and the ball hits the floor. And you still pick it up, yeah, put it, it up. in the cup, because that's fine. Wipe it down. And Just wash it off. You'll be all right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If it gets in the cup, alcohol will kill that thing. Don't worry about it. You know what? Because they stopped playing beer pro like that. That's the reason why COVID even happened. No, I, I, <laughs> I get it. I remember when I when I first saw another college play that way at Western Western mm-hmm. University. That's what it was. And you know what? Those beer pong cups on the table, those weren't even new. Those have been there. Those have been oh, there yeah. all week. Oh yeah, those have been there. There's some stains in them. Yeah, exactly. Those yeah. are the designated beer pong cups. I went to Michigan State to a party one time, and this was, oh, geez, I, you know, years ago, right? But it blew my mind that they were just like, oh, no, you just hold your beer and you take a sip every time someone makes a cup and you can just pull them up to the side. And it was like, well, that makes sense completely. But for some reason, it, feel, it felt like you took an element out of the game. Yeah, you, you actually feel more dirtier doing that. It's a penalty, right? You know, yeah. you're making the other person on the other team, you you know, I guess dirty because you made the cup and now you get like, ha, I made it. You drink it now, you you well, yeah, loser. Man. Remember that story I told you like a year or two ago? I went to my buddy's brother's bachelor party and they were playing beer pong, but they filled the cups with water. And I was like, what, the, what are you guys doing? <laughs> you're the reason why we have COVID. I mean, we were licking things and playing in dirt. Like, look at you guys. Like, yeah, it's just crazy. You compare that to, yeah, you know, back when a time when, when smoking was healthy and diapers were made of asbestos. Absolutely. God, you know, God bless America.